It's a real delight to be welcoming you to Durham Cathedral today. For over a thousand years, people have worshipped here. It's the shrine of St Cuthbert. It's the place where Venerable Bede is buried. But the most important thing of all, it's a living place of prayer and worship for people today, built on that great foundation. We are thrilled to be hosting this service on the Sunday, Christ the King. We're thinking about learning in faith, particularly learning in prayer. We've got interviews, we've got music, we're thinking around the scriptures. It is a real joy to have you with us. Thank you for joining. Worship with us, pray with us, meet God with us.
Dear friends in Christ, welcome to Durham Cathedral, the Shrine of St. Cuthbert, on this festival of Christ the King. We gather here, not far from the tomb of the Venerable Bede, the foremost academic of his day, to give thanks to God for the places of learning in which faith in Christ is nurtured and explored. We give thanks for schools, colleges, and universities, for pupils, students, teachers, lecturers, and support staff. And we pray that we may always learn in faith and deepen our understanding in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, bless the work of all universities, colleges, and schools, that those who serve you as teachers and learners may do your will in all their endeavors and come to the knowledge of your truth so that the church and the world may benefit from their search for truth and prepare themselves for life with you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The first lesson is taken from the 34th chapter of the book of the prophet Ezekiel, beginning to read at the 11th verse. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses, and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel." I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy, I will feed them with justice. For the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. The second lesson is written in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the first chapter, beginning at the 15th verse. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, 
and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How is your faith part of life at the Sixth Form Centre? So uh, being in year 13, I'm at a point where I have to make a lot of quite pivotal decisions in, uh, in my time at Sixth Form. I have to decide uh, the subject that I want to do uh, beyond, uh, beyond Sixth Form and where I want to do it. And, um, and my faith has sort of made like being able to ask God where he wants me to go and what he wants me to do has made this sort of decision a lot easier. And I'm still not quite sure, but certainly um, prayer has made things a lot easier for me. Hmm. So how has the pandemic affected your learning environment, especially during lockdown? Has your faith helped you during this time? So I rely on my friends a lot at sixth form uh, I like being able to talk to people and share ideas and uh, the lockdown sort of took that away from me mm. um, I wasn't able to meet up with people in a, an environment that wasn't my house and so it was quite difficult for me and I did sort of lose um, lose sight of God and my faith did waver a bit and um, coming back into uh, sixth form this year has made things a lot easier for me and um, you know, this has been a really big uh, challenge of, of my faith and it might be the biggest I'll ever experience in my life. But um, yeah, just being able to pray and being able to talk to people. And I have a lot of friends who are Christians as well that I can talk to. And there's a lot of support there and it's really good. Mm. So you mentioned prayer. How has prayer helped you through the pandemic? Uh, prayer has calmed me a lot. Um, a lot of the decisions I'm having to make are quite stressful and given uh, the circumstances that um, we're living in, it's, yeah, everything's quite stressful and everything can build up. So being able to pray as a way to calm down and just to de-stress and spend time, uh, not necessarily on my own, but uh, with God uh, in a place where I'm not sort of talking to other people and my focus is on God, it's made things a lot easier and a lot less stressful for me. Noah, thank you. Thank you.
Nicholas, you're training for ordination in the Church of England at Cranmer Hall within St. John's College, just around the corner from here. And uh, I'm your college chaplain. Uh, I want to ask you, how does your faith impact your learning? As a Christian, I'm called to honor God in everything I do. And that includes my learning, which I see as an opportunity to use what God has given me to grow and develop. And it is not just about gaining information or knowledge, but being able to use what I've learned to serve God and people, which I think is at the heart of being a follower of Christ. I really agree. And during your training, have you had opportunities for that kind of practical learning using what you've been studying? Yes. Uh, for example, in college last year, I took a course on mission and evangelism, sharing the love of God and telling people about Jesus. I had a chance to put that into practice at Durham Prison. A few of us were able to help the chaplains over a weekend and to share with the inmates about God's love for them and pray for them. It was a wonderful experience and something I look forward to doing more in different contexts. That sounds brilliant. Uh, but that was last year, and I know this year has been very different. So can you tell us how it's been for you? And I'm thinking especially about prayer during the pandemic. When the first lockdown happened, we had to homeschool our kids mm. on top of other commitments and responsibilities. Mm. And it was both challenging and demanding. Mm. And also in my theological training, suddenly things change plans for placement and other things got canceled. And there was a sense of loss, anxiety, and fear. And this is where prayer has helped me to cope with all the changes and uncertainty. Scripture speaks of Emmanuel, God is with us. And remembering this has given me hope and peace when I pray. The God who is with us, even in our difficulties. And the thing that I like about prayer is this, it's about talking to God, which means you can do it anywhere, anytime. I pray at different times, but the mornings are my favorite because it helps prepare me for the day. Other times I go for a prayer walk, enjoying nature and talking to God. And when I'm struggling to find ways to pray, I pray the Psalms, which are wonderful ways of talking to God. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you so much, Nicholas. Thank you. Lucinda, uh, you've been studying for a number of years now and as an undergraduate and, of course, now as a postgraduate. And we've known each other for a number of years. How do you think this period over the last few months has affected the way that you've connected um, with God in through your prayer and how that's affected the way perhaps that you study as well and in the sense of how how you yourself um, have felt during this period? Okay, well, I think the answer to that is that I have felt both thoroughly disconnected, as I'm sure many people have across the country in different ways, uh, disconnected from life, actually, um, as it's usually lived, um, but also disconnected from my feelings. And that disconnection from life, for me, always um, manifests um, as a disconnection from God um, and with God, if you like. Um, but simultaneously, because I've had so much time 
to be kind of alone with my thoughts, which has been quite a scary thing. Um, and as someone who's always suffered from some form of depressive mood, anxiety, um, that's been quite a challenging thing to be left alone completely. Um, and do you, can I just ask as well, do you think that with studying as a postgraduate, as mm. research grad student, that, that time of isolation that you often have during your studies, do you think that's been exacerbated during this time? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a particular problem for um, postgraduates. Um, and uh, it's a very isolated thing to be doing. We do it because we love it, but at the same time, it is you are left alone with your thoughts. Uh, much of my work has actually been uh, on the ground with people, um, and that was the earlier part of my research, but now I'm left with a big write-up, um, and this period of time has undoubtedly accentuated that. Um, but finding myself alone um, in this sense has also, I think, um, caused me to, I suppose, be more aware of the void um, that I'm feeling with God and almost more likely to try and connect in prayer. Um, and if I'm honest with you, I, when I was asked to do this conversation, I actually, my instinct was, no, <laughs> I can't possibly uh, do this because I've been falling apart. I haven't been connecting with God. I don't have anything worthy to say about my prayer life. Um, I felt very alone. Um, but then something kicked in and I thought, no, actually I'm the right person <laughs> to mm. speak to um, because I think I represent a lot of people um, at the moment. And uh, for me, what always gives me faith and what always has given me faith is just knowing that across the Gospels, the moments where Jesus seems to be closest to God, um, simultaneously as God, are those moments where he actually feels most abandoned and he goes off into the desert or, you know, that, that moment, the night in Gethsemane, has always been actually, I think, the most poignant and most powerful part of the whole story uh, for me that emotional anguish um, and just agony of the anticipation of, of that night and um, the anxiety and the fear that blocks all that's life and connectedness. Indeed. But it gives me faith that he is still able to pray from that space and that that is a moment of huge, actually, intimacy and connection and when I'm actually able to connect with that and sit with that in that space, knowing that it's not certainty, yeah. um, but it's questioning and it's sitting in the pain, if you like, that's when I'm able to feel connected. Thank you so much.
Most of us find prayer difficult. We overcomplicate things. We feel guilty because we haven't prayed enough or haven't prayed the right words. We get confused sometimes. We're a bit like Jesus' disciples who, seeing Jesus, seeing the richness, seeing the intimacy, seeing the authority in the way that he prayed, we see the poverty of our own prayer life. And perhaps then we echo their question, teach us to pray. And we're not alone. Back in the spring of this year, the search engine Google reported a massive uprising in the number of people that typed onto their computer screens, how can I pray? Asking that same question that those early disciples had asked to teach us to pray. And so I want to suggest four simple tips to help us to pray during times such as these. And it's easy to remember because the four tips start with the first letters of the word pray. P stands for pause. Be still. Let's find a way, a place, a time to be still each day. Psalm 46, a noisy psalm filled with roaring waves and crashing mountains and raging nations. In that psalm, we find those familiar, beautiful words, be still and know that I am God. R stands for rejoice, be grateful. In circumstances like many of us find ourselves in right now, perhaps it is a little bit more difficult to be grateful but it's good for our souls. It's good for our relationships and it's great for our prayer life too. Psalm 100 says that we enter his gates, we enter his presence with thanksgiving. A stands for ask. In our prayer life, let's be simple and honest as we approach God and ask for what we want and what we need. Ask, and it will be given to you, says Jesus. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. The 19th century preacher D.L. Moody once summarized it like this. Just call him Father and ask for something. And Y stands for yield, or yes. Father, you know all the things that are going on in my life. You know my joy and my pain. You know the things that I want and you know the deeper things that I need. You know the unanswered questions in my life right now. And I bring them all to you because I trust you. And I say, I yield to you. Yes, Lord. P-R-A-Y. Pause, rejoice, ask, yield. Yes, Lord. Blessed are you, eternal God, to be praised and glorified forever. Hear us as we pray for your holy church. Make us all one that the world may believe. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. 
that the life of Christ may be revealed in us. Strengthen all who minister in Christ's name. Give them courage to proclaim your gospel. Inspire and lead those who hold authority in the nations of the world. Guide them in the ways of justice and peace. Make us alive to the needs of our community. Help us to share each other's joys and burdens. Look with kindness on our homes and families. Grant that your love may grow in our hearts. Deepen our compassion for all who suffer from sickness, grief or trouble. In your presence may they find their strength. We remember those who have died. Father, into your hands we commend them. We praise you for all your saints who have entered your eternal glory. Bring us all to share in your heavenly kingdom. A prayer of the Venerable Bede, the father of English learning. Open our hearts, O Lord, and enlighten our minds by the grace of your Holy Spirit, that we may seek what is well-pleasing to your will, and so order our doings after your commandments, that we may be found ready to enter into your unending joys. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the coming of God's kingdom in the words our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. Here is the wonderful truth. When we pray, we are communing with God, the Father of glory. What a privilege. What an enormous reality. Prayer is not speaking into thin air, but being with God. We are in the presence of Christ the King, the one who is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. So in the current call for prayer for the nation, we are not stopping for five minutes at 6 p.m. each day to whistle in the wind 
We are rather standing for our nation before the king of all creation. We heard from our interviewees, Noah, Lucinda, and Nicholas, that prayer is not always easy. They have had extra challenges, felt disconnected, alone. They've lost sight of God and asked new questions during this period of the pandemic. Yet in these difficulties, they have each discovered fresh realities about prayer. They have found calm, the value of the Psalms, and new ways to pray, particularly outside. They have discovered more about being with God and God being with them intimately. Phil reflected for us on four tips. Pause, rejoice, ask, yield. In prayer, we can be ourselves. We express our sorrow and contrition for our own and our humanity's sin. We call out in thanksgiving and praise for the wonders of God's creation and love seen supremely in Jesus Christ. We lament at the pain and suffering we see. We cry out, how long, O Lord, when God seems absent, inactive, indifferent. We bring to God our requests. We intercede for others and for ourselves. But above all in prayer, we place ourselves in God's presence and offer ourselves to this God of glory, this God who is the loving shepherd of his people. As we simply are in God's presence, so our loving just shepherd changes us. God gives us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. God opens our eyes to the hope to which he has called us. This changes us to be ever more Jesus-shaped. God does this us with us as individuals. God does this with us together as the family, the body, the household, the sheepfold of God. God helps us learn in faith as we trust him. I was really struck recently by a reflection in CMS magazine, The Call. It was written by M, locked down with their family in Oxford, awaiting their return to their home in North Africa. They write, Somehow it means resting in the fact that God knows what is going on, that although the consequences of this virus are terrible, God's greater purposes are not thwarted. Somehow, he is shaking us out of our busy, comfortable lives and making us all face the unknown. Faced with this mystery, it's been hard even to pray. 
I'd always thought that prayer is about getting God to act and asking for things, isn't it? God, I don't even know what to pray. All I can do is mutter a feeble help. As the days of COVID-19 go on and the uncertainties mount in the silence, I hear a still small voice whispering back again and again, be still and know that I am God. Be still. I am. Be. Learning in faith. Whether you are a school pupil, a student, in training, an office worker, a waiter, an actor, a teacher, retired or whatever else, learning in faith is at its heart learning to know God more deeply. It is a lifetime's and an eternity's calling. Prayer is core to this. And the core of prayer is being with God. We have the enormous privilege and gift in prayer of being with Christ the King.
call to prayer for the nation. Loving Father God, be with us in our distress. Be with our families, friends and neighbours, our country and our world. Give health to the sick, hope to the fearful, and comfort to the mourners. Give wisdom to our frontline and key workers, insight to our government, and patience to us all. Overcome disease with the power of your new life through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Christ our King, make you faithful and strong to do his will, that you may reign with him in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.